You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 67. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening to the show, you're a new listener. Welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. And if you are a part of the Longer Hall community and you are still listening, we're grateful for you as well. If you enjoy the show, find it helpful, we would love for you to share it with somebody. Make sure you subscribe to the show so that you can get the episodes as they come out each and every time. And uh, enjoy all the goodness that comes our way. Yeah, so so uh, we're Jody. I'm not Jody Livingston. He's Jody Livingston. I'm Chris Trent. And we are totally, totally. What? We're not totally. That's Although I grew up in the 80s. We're totally. But we're, we're, we're youth pastors, right? <laughs> you just went like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I did totally. Oh, I did it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're a couple of youth pastors, man. Uh, we both happen to live in Atlanta, but we don't work in the same church. And uh, Jody works with 7th through 12th graders and does a little college ministry on the side as well, I think, there. And I do mostly middle school students. And uh, we've been doing this for a little while, a little over 20 years each. And uh, love teenagers, man. We still we still dig it. So thanks still for hanging doing. out with us. Yeah. Yeah, you can find us on social media at uh, at Jody Livingston, Jody Y, and Chris Trent. Yeah, we're out there, man. We're on the Instagram we're, and the Twitter and the Facebook and everything. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere out there, no you'll find us. Hey, how about some shout outs, uh, man? How about yeah. some shout outs? You got some shout outs because you, before you do your shout out, I guess we need to say where you are. Because yeah, you so are, I am, I'm not in a, I'm not at home. Um, you're not, I'm actually you're not currently in the United States of America. I am not. I am in. No, I'm in Quebec, Canada. I'm in uh, Montreal, just outside of Montreal, and uh, we'll be in Montreal this week, in and out, doing some ministry in and around here. We are mission tripping it, and so had some time this evening before we get rolling to jump in because we we kind of went back and forth. On this this episode, when and how we were going to make this happen, and it just worked out that we got everybody back, got everybody to their host homes, chilling until yeah. uh, tomorrow morning. We hit the ground running tomorrow morning, and so are you going to I'm spend actually, a lot of Are you going to spend a lot of loonies while you're there? Listen, man, that's, a, so, that's I'm, I, I just googled Canadian words. <laughs> you just googling Canadian words, <laughs> and a loony is a. Uh, <sighs> Slang for a dollar. Dollar. Eh? Eh? Yeah, so I am in Quebec, <laughs> which is... What's that uh, mean? I don't know what that means. It's like the... I'm in, like, French-Canadian territory here. Okay. So, which I don't know French. I took Spanish. Not that I know Spanish, but I've learned some over the last few years. And, you gonna get some poutine? Uh, oh, yeah. How is that how you will. say it? We went to Tim Hortons today, and... Because uh, that's Fries, where gravy, go. and lots of cheese curds. Gosh, it's so good, man. So good. Yeah, so I am in are you the gonna make? Are you going to make some Canuck friends? Canuck friends? That's another word for Canadian. 
That's another name for Canadian. I feel like I should just apologize for you but, to everybody <laughs> on your behalf right now. Like, I'm just uh, uh, so I'm, shout I'm, out to all of the people who are listening who are in any part of Canada. Did you know you're going to get a double double? That's a coffee with two creams and two sugars. What? What? I'd be I up for like, double double. Uh, I just take coffee black. Oh, I had a really good vanilla latte at Tim Hortons today, actually. And then finally, don't forget your Canadian bacon. <laughs> hey, you know what a, a um, Canadian latte is? Well, I don't know what's Canadian latte. It's uh, it's got maple syrup in it. Oh, that'd actually be pretty it's good. good. It is good. It's very very sweet. Well, shout out so, Canadian people. Say hey to say hey to Jody if you see him. He's out there. Yeah, man. We we He's so we bring our high school students up here and yeah. uh, love it. Love Man. it. Hope you guys have a great week for sure. Well, hey, we have a sponsor here at the uh, at the uh, Longer Hall Podcast, and we're super, super thankful to have these guys jumping in and supporting us. But if you are looking, here we are in the middle of summer, and fall is coming. And if you are interested in, you know, maybe making a change when it comes to curriculum. Uh, we love the guys and gals over at YM360. That's Youth Ministry 360. They do a super phenomenal job with Bible study curriculum. They've also got student devotionals, disciple now resources, and youth leader development stuff, and uh, a book by yours truly. And uh, they also do Generate Camp as well. And I'm actually headed in two weeks. A week after next, I'm headed to Generate Camp. And so... We love these guys. They're, they're, we trust them, and we're really appreciative that they're helping us out a little bit with keeping this thing afloat. And so, we would love for you as a as a listener, if you're a you're if you're in the market, man, for some some new curriculum, especially, just check those guys out. And uh, there's twenty twenty percent off discount for you there uh, on your next order if you use the code Longer Hall. And uh, of course, there's a couple exclusions there, you know, like any fine print kind of things, but. Uh, they're great, man. Good stuff. Save some money. Good, yeah. good, good things. Save ah, some money. I love them. I love them. So support your favorite podcast. Yeah, Youth Ministry three hundred and sixty. Say what up to those guys. Yeah, they're awesome. So we got a cool topic. Uh, how, okay, how about before we jump into the topic, you want to explain this kind of where this came from? Yeah. So you know, Jody and I like probably you that are you know listening here. We you know we're on several different Facebook youth ministry Facebook groups out there. And, uh, you know, cause there are, there are a ton of different Facebook groups you can be a part of as a youth pastor. And from did, you, hey, time, did you know there's a super secret longer hall that there is a, a longer podcast. Hall. And, I, and I do group. like ours too, because it's, you know, it's a smaller group of folks currently still less than a hundred, but I think it's still less than a hundred. Um, but, uh, but there are some, you know, that have like thousands or whatever, you know? So, um, which is great. And from time to time, you and I, you know, we're texting each other all the time these days. And from time to time, we'll see a topic and we're like, man, that would make a really great podcast episode. And one topic that we've, we've seen come up multiple times over the year, you know, over the year or so that we've been, you know, really thinking about this a ton is, you know, youth pastors that are in situations where their churches seem to not like teenagers. And that comes in different forms. Maybe that's like the senior adults aren't crazy about teenagers, or it's a certain group of adults that don't like teenagers. But generally speaking, it's just this idea of what to do when your church doesn't like teenagers, or there's kind of an overall feel. 
uh, feeling towards that. And you and I both have been in situations where we've felt that before. So we thought we would take a few moments and just share some of our thoughts about some things we've done, some things we've learned over the years about, uh, about how to make that, make that a little better. So that's what we're going to yeah. talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. So today's topic, youth ministry, when your church doesn't like teens, mm. which sounds weird, but that, I mean, that is a, that's a real that's thing. That's a legitimate bro. thing. Yeah. So uh, here we go. You ready? Ready. We'll jump in. All right, here we go. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. All right. So you got some thoughts on this? I've got some thoughts on this. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, I, def- I definitely, you know, and, and I'm kind of a list maker kind of guy. If, if you've listened to much, you, you kind of know that about me. But here, I'll jump in with some of my things here as well, Jody, and you just kind of jump in also. But um, here, here's kind of the first thing when I started jotting down just some ideas on this particular topic, what, what to do when your church doesn't like teenagers. I started with this. Go the extra mile on seemingly minor things. Hmm. And you know what? Yeah. I, here's what I mean by that. So go the extra mile on seemingly minor things. And here they are. Clean the bus. You go on a youth trip and you get back, do things like clean the bus out. Make sure you've got a plan for that. Pick up the youth section. You, you know, like maybe if, you, if you're at a church that has um, where most of your kids sit in the same location, or maybe there's a certain place in the church the kids seem to all hang out, or maybe your church has Wednesday night supper or something crazy like that, you know? Um go ahead and go the extra mile and clean and, and have a plan with some adults to kind of help pick up and, you know, help teenagers learn how to do that themselves as well. Right. But sure. Be responsible sure. for that. Um, again, going the extra mile, seemingly minor things be on time, getting out of like whatever service. In other words, if you, if you're leaving, say a, like a Sunday school type setting and go into the worship service, be on time for those things. Um, it's those little, it's those little thing. what seem little to us that add up to be big things for people who are struggling. And I wish this weren't true. You know, I wish, I wish we were in a situation where all adults just love teenagers. Like everybody listening to this podcast loves teenagers, but the fact is some don't. Right. And right. so we don't want to give them, we don't want to give them reasons we want to try to eliminate minor things, little things that, that, that could add to that. And listen, man, if you, if you have like a church van or church bus and you know, the senior adults all go out to the church bus to get ready to go on a little lunch thing after church on Sunday. And it's, you know, trashed from the Friday night bowling event you went on. Not a good Or point. the gas tank is empty or the gas tank's empty because you got back late and you didn't fill it up. Yeah. What comes to your, what, what, anything else comes to your mind, Jody, on that in terms of minor things? Well, I think a lot of times, I mean, for me, you think of the stereotypes that people have towards teenagers, right? They don't care. They're lazy. They're messy. They're rude. And, you know, those types of things. If you can go out of your way to remove those in the sense of like, just make sure things are cleaned up, make sure that they're on time, make sure that when they, like if you're doing, um, an event that you're finishing up. I mean, those things that you're talking about kind of removes and starts to break down that stereotype. 
um, you know, for yeah, them. It, don't 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 color outside of the lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. And listen, I'm not making any promises here with any of these ideas. There are still going to be those adults that are grumpy and crouchy. Sure, yeah. And no matter what you do, right? But we don't want to. Sometimes, sometimes youth pastors, though, because they feel like people, they just kind of throw in a towel and they just don't. They don't try on anything. Uh, they don't like. The, they don't like the teenagers, you know. Um, and I'm just saying yeah. we need to be responsible and do, you know, go the extra mile. And if, if yeah. you start to go the extra mile over time, it'll really, it'll really pay off. I think so. Yep, that's good. Yep. Um, here's something else I wrote down. Uh, I guess this would be number two if we're, we're not really counting, but um, I think this one's huge, and I'd be interested in some things you've done to make this happen. Uh, but I wrote this: the youth pastor has to become a friend to the congregation. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so what I mean by that is you, you can't allow it to become an us versus them. You can't fall into that trap. Not that it's a trap, but I think you know what I mean? Like you, you, you can't fall into it. You've, you've got to become a friend. Matter of fact, if, if you do, and I, and I'm thinking, you know, and it's not always senior adults. It could be, you know, it could be empty nesters, you know, which are kind of borderline senior adults, but they're not really. Um, I say that because I'm about to be one in four years. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm thinking about, you know, like, man, if if you become friendly to those folks at a Wednesday night supper or at some kind of fellowship or at an event where you start to go to some of these extra things and you start to have conversations with people and you get to know these people. I, one of the best things I ever did, I played men's softball for a while at my former church, man. So <laughs> What's so funny about what you don't think I played men's softball. What are you talking about? I think, uh, I think church softball is scary. <laughs> well, it, 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 we had a great team and, uh, uh oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you had an amazing team. Dude, we okay. I'm not gonna go there, but um, <laughs> three time champions. Okay, so um, that said, what I'm saying, what I was, but but as a result of that, two things happened. One, um, I got to know guys that weren't involved in youth ministry, but we were teammates. So guess what? They were they de- they developed a like for me, so therefore they liked the youth ministry. Not only that, Wendy's yeah. sitting in the stands with some of the other wives and stuff. You know, sometimes she'd come to games, you know. Well, guess what? Same thing. And so as a result of that, when when we became friends to the congregation, we didn't just focus on teenagers and have that attitude of, oh, like adults or whatever, you know. Um, man, it resulted in, well, they liked us, so therefore they liked teenagers. Again, not all, but some. Uh, I love that. And I think as you're talking, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, I don't, and I haven't seen your list, so I don't know what you have on there, but, um, there's three things I thought of that I kind of jotted down when you're talking. One is, I think it's really important when you are being that advocate for your student ministry, that you're casting a really consistent vision for what, what the youth ministry is, why teenagers matter to the church and not just from uh they're the future of the church kind of thing, but what is it that teens bring to the table? Why is it important? 
that the church invests in that, you know, and, and not a guilt thing, but just a, a really consistent vision uh, for that. When you have moments, when you have opportunities um, to do that, I think too, kind of like what you're saying uh, along those lines is you've got to create moments and opportunities where you invite them in. So, you know, when the critics to your side, when friends from critics, if that makes sense. And, and that doesn't happen overnight, but look for ways to, to serve those that may be most critical of your youth ministry and invite them in, give them opportunities to sit down with some teenagers. And maybe that means your kids are serving them. Maybe that means you, maybe you just do like a luncheon yeah. and you just pair them up, um, yeah. I'll take, you know, I and let them go ahead. Keep going. My bad. Yeah. I was gonna say, just let them, let them hear each other's story. I think I remember years ago, uh, we took a group to, uh, to camp and that year, Thursday of camp, instead of doing a rec, everybody went and did missions stuff at this particular camp. And our group went to, you know, some nursing home stuff. And I remember share groups that night listening to the kids talk about just how encouraging and amazing it was to hear these senior adults um, and folks that they didn't know just share their story with them. And I, there's something powerful about story. When you get a teenager sharing their story with an adult and an adult sharing their story with a teenager, man, bridges are built um, and friendships are made and mentorships begin to happen. And all of a sudden now we're starting to see what Titus 2 looks like lived out and fleshed out. Um, but even then, you know, we're, I mean, it takes time. It takes time to do yeah, that. Yeah. One thing that came to my mind as we were talking about also how to become a friend to the congregation, don't underestimate those, those moments that are given to you as a minister on staff that you probably don't necessarily enjoy. And specifically I'm thinking about like hospital visits, for instance. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't say, that I've always enjoyed them hospital visits that is. And I can't say that I still, I still can't say that I, you know, enjoy them, but I know the value, you know, um, I don't have to go as much now, but, um, I probably go 12, 12 or so at least times a year now. Um, used to, it was like a weekly responsibility for me. Um, but man, again, you visit a family, that doesn't have teenagers and you go minister to them in the hospital, you know, just visit them. They become, they become a, a fan of yours. And when, yeah. and yeah. as a result, that's going to impact how they think of the student ministry and they're going to have your back typically, not always, but typically. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's, no, it's good. Do you ever take, have you ever taken stu- I mean, students with you when you do those visits? Uh, you know, uh, the technically the answer to that is yes, but only if there's a leaning towards like, um, uh, if there's a leaning towards ministry. So if it's a kid that's like thinking about maybe doing ministry, it's a little bit yeah. harder now because now I work with primarily sixth, seventh, eighth graders, you know, it's the middle school pastor. Yeah, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. but prior to that, when I had older students, uh, yeah, 
yeah, big time. And I especially take my interns now, you know, and yeah. uh, people that work, you know, because it's just, it's not natural, but it's good. I mean, it's a good thing to do. I just think there's a tendency for us in this discussion to think of, and even really the title we're giving this and the way this conversation often goes is that the church doesn't like teens. But I think on the flip side of that, what you will find in a lot of cases is that the teens don't really like the church either. And and so finding ways. Yeah. Agreed. If you, to get teens to see the Lord working, um, whether it's maybe like you're saying in a hospital visit, right? If I can take a high schooler or a, a couple high school kids, yeah, uh, or even some middle school kids for that matter, and come in and maybe they're just going with me when I'm there. Maybe I'm praying with somebody before surgery or yeah, checking on somebody afterwards. Then and it just makes it personal. You know, kind of comes back to that idea of story again. Yeah, I do. I do think you know, Jody. Here's one thing, and I don't know where this fits into this conversation. So I may be about to chase a rabbit, and I don't know. We may may want to be careful here, but part of it is a little bit. You know, the way the way you can make a church, you know, when it comes to teenagers loving the church or the church loving teenagers, I feel like a lot of times the way we do youth ministry feeds that in a, in a, in a way that's not helpful. And here's what I mean. Um, too often we're doing youth ministry in a way where it just completely caters to the kid and kids have no skin in the game. Um, yeah, sure. Like, hey, show up to this event. We'll have youth workers when you get here, set out the chairs, put the chairs up, set out the pizza, set out the drink, you know, or set, I'm using the word sit instead of set, um, set out the chairs, set out the, do all of this stuff. And we're going to, and the adults are going to clean up after you as well. You just, you just play, you just play and have fun. And, and I think youth ministry too, too, too often is like that. And too often we don't grab kids and let allow kids to participate. And that's a philosophical type thing. And that's probably a whole, we could probably do a whole episode on that. Um, but I do think that contributes though, because if the kids have, if the teenagers have no skin in the game, if they have no dog in that hunt at all, you know, whatsoever, it's going to be harder for them to love that, you know, boy, as opposed to, you know, if, if you allow them to recognize what it takes to do these things, let them be a part of that stuff, you know? Um, yeah, that's good. Get grief, man. They're about to be adults anyway. Um, yeah. So that'd be... Yeah, we say, we say that a lot. You, you know, we tell them often, you are becoming right now the men and women you'll one day be. Sure. And so if we wait until they are, quote unquote, men and women, before we start requiring or expecting yeah. them to, to contribute... We've done them a great disservice. But let's get real, though. I could see where some adults would get frustrated with teenagers if all they feel like teenagers do is take, 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 take. Sure. Well, I do with that even with our college students. So we want to try to create an environment from time to time where it's not take, 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 but rather it's participate, participate, participate. We do this together. When, when it's not a fundraiser. Right. Like that seems like for a lot of times students aren't really serving or participating unless it's a fundraiser of some kind or it's youth Sunday. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so so what I'm saying though, is literally, I'm saying like, like it's okay when you have a big fellowship thing or whatever to get kids to help do stuff. That's all I'm saying. And no, I love you it. Know, and yeah, I including, you know, now on the flip side of that, you want to protect your teenagers from being the scapegoat every time, you know, the, the church needs, uh, you know, the leaves need raked at the church. Oh, let's get the teenagers. Can't stand yeah. that. But, um, so there's a weird balance there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Uh, guard against being too defensive. <laughs> I wrote that down. Um, I, I just wrote teenagers are always going to get hit with unfair labels and we need to just get over it every once in a while, you know, try, try yeah. to be, try, try to avoid being too defensive because if we just live in that defensive mode all the time, that's just not going to help over, you know, over, over the long, long time, you know, the long haul of this thing. Yeah. Well, and I think we take it personal too. Uh, and you know, and maybe rightly so we feel passionate called to, minister to these so we, we kind of feel like we're representing a um a generation that maybe are being misrepresented or misunderstood and so even though it's not necessarily us we feel like it's us you know and and maybe hey and maybe if, if we were honest here sometimes it we get defensive because it's not really about the teenager but we feel like it's a lack of validity of what we are called to do yeah sure and and so we've got to recognize that, that sometimes it's not really about us, right? And, yeah. and so, um, well, and often, and, often know, when just, we're we, often when we're super passionate about something too, we think everybody ought to be passionate about it. And the fact yeah, is, yeah. is that's just not true. Listen, bro. Who, Except for motorcycles. You, what'd you say? Except for motorcycles. Except for motorcycles. You're just saying yeah, that Jenny, because. <laughs> Okay, so rabbit trail. Um, I just got back from, so it's the end of 4th of July week right now. And I just got back from Wagerville, Alabama, where my in-laws are from, which is an awesome, uh, I use the word podunk, but I use that in a very affirming way. It is podunk and it's awesome because it's podunk. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but my father-in-law has a Harley and I've started learning how to ride and you're already, that, that's kind of your main <laughs> source of transportation, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I've fallen in love with it. So anyway, we've been, we've been, <laughs> I've got like two hours riding experience. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, but we're know. fans. We're fans. Yeah. We're totally, it, but so whenever we're passionate about something, we kind of feel like everybody, be, but here's the thing. I know there are people at the church that are passionate about working in preschool, but dude, I am not crazy about preschool ministry at all, but I respect preschool ministry, you know? Yeah. Sure. And, and I understand though, why some people would love it and not love teenagers. I get that. Because of the goldfish, you know, that may be it. And so, but I think we just had, every once in a while we need to be like, okay, I get, I get why you don't like teenagers. That's fine. But to try to create a respect level there, I mean, that's one thing, but I think we just had to be careful about being too defensive about the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's good. So I would say this here also, as we're thinking about this, you know, how to, what to do when your church doesn't like teenager, I, I would do a spiritual uh, checkup on your youth ministry. Um, when it comes to just an honest interpret, honest look at, um, is, is your youth ministry focused on only the fun and not enough spiritual. Um, 
So I think it would be worth just doing an honest evaluation of, okay, outside looking in, what do people see when they see my, say, see my youth ministry or our youth ministry? Um, do they, are they aware of the spiritual things that are happening? Because too often it's only easy to see the crazy and the wacky and the fun. So again, if you're honest about that, you can go, well, you know, I can see why a parent or adults that don't really have a dog in the sun, why they would feel the way they feel. It's like all we do is play. It looks like all we do is play. So with that, I think you just got to be careful with the image that you give off. Especially if you're if sure, you're doing, yeah. you know, if you're doing camp videos or mission trip videos or DNAV videos and those type of things, just make sure you're being intentional with what you're showing. And not just show the yeah. crazy, but also show the spiritual. Um, you talked about yeah. stories earlier. Make sure that the stories of the spiritual growth that is taking place is is being exposed and is being told and talked about. Um, maybe take the time to promote not just the wacky fellowship thing that you have coming up, but also promote the spiritual Bible study type things as well. Or let's say you are going to have a wacky something, but there's also going to be a spiritual side to it. Make sure you include that in the promotion so that whoever's sitting there reading, yeah, the, whoever's sitting there reading the church bulletin on Sunday morning that has no dog in the hunt, but they see that and they don't just see, Oh, Hey, we're, we're going bowling, but we're also ending that night with a, you know, Bible study or whatever you're going to do there. I don't know. I'm not saying, now let me be clear. I'm not saying you should, or you have to do sometimes do we just do fun to do fun. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally. Um, I don't think you have to have a devotional at everything you do. Uh, that's just me, but no, I agree. I don't think so. But that said, I do think you have to be careful with the image that you're giving off. Um, and, and sometimes you just got to step out and go, okay, what do people see? And is it possible that all they're seeing is wacky? And if so, no wonder, no wonder they don't like because the resources are going to this. No wonder they don't like teenagers. Yeah, you know? yeah, all that money. Well, and I think what what happens is you unintentionally communicate to the on a broader sense what success is, and that ends up feeding the monster. You're you're communic because of what you're showing, what you're talking about. You're communicating that success in your ministry is goofy fun and there's no depth there's nothing there um and so and which i think is what often drives people wanting to know about numbers so often and um so i think when we can communicate not just the numbers because those matter they're important but we are communicating on a broader scale those deeper things that are taking place and we're Again, all of that, I think, falls in this idea of casting vision of what God is doing. Um, when, people see, when, when believers see God at work, they're going to get excited behind that, and they're going to want to support that. And Yeah, and so that, and that, leads, that leads into one of the things that's related to this, but it was another thing I wrote down, and I just wrote down give reports. So... Yeah, the importance yeah. of following up and celebrating 
those type of things. Listen, man, if you are like, hey, we're going to camp and you're like, hey, we need help going to camp. We're having a hard time getting enough money to go and camp and we got to have the car wash to go to camp and we need your help going to camp and we need to camp and to camp and to camp, camp, camp. And then you go to camp and you get back and you don't give a report. You are making a mistake. You have, yeah. you have got to follow up with a, Hey, everybody, you know how all you've been doing is talking about camp, 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 camp. Let us tell you what happened and what God did through your generosity as a result of what you helped out with. These kids trusted Christ or these kids made a decision to walk closer to Jesus. These are the things that we did as a result. If you have a way of knowing specific people that contributed specific ways, Dude, I know we live in digital world and we don't think of it like this, but a letter that that oh, you yeah. send to a, those people that says, hey, thank you. I wanted you to know what all happened and where, and if, say if it's a mission trip, I wanted you to know what we did, what we accomplished. And by your generosity, by your gift, here's how it helped. And we believe you were yeah. a part of that. Um the mission trip. I'm a huge fan of like handwritten thank you cards. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, like over time, people will start loving, loving that. And one way, you know, another part of that as well, you know, um, and you could too, um, what would feed into that? If one person that you could thank possibly would be if you're going to do a camp or you're going to do a uh, mission trip or something or D now you can technically even do this for your Sunday morning stuff, but to, to, to build up a, a, a prayer team of adults that you're asking them, Hey, will you sign up and pray for this event? And then you've captured and you, and you take the time to ride out a 21 days leading up to the trip. And then you have a list of people that you can turn around and say, Hey, thank you for praying for us. Here's I want, I wanted to let you know what happened on the, as a result of that. Again, it, it just builds that it's going to be hard for people, man, to keep hating teen, hating on teenagers, dude. If you're building yeah. up that culture, um, that said, I guess we're kind of saying, Jody, tell me if I'm wrong or if this is too, you know, harsh, but when your church doesn't like teenagers, I think it's kind of your job to make that right as a youth pastor. No, I, yeah. I mean, is that, I agree. Is that piling on? No, you're an advocate. You're like the ambassador for them. You know? now, I, don't, I don't mean it all falls on your shoulder. And if it, if it never changes, you're a failure. I don't mean that, you know? Um, but I am saying it's your response. It's part of the gig. I, I think it's part of the gig um, yeah, I agree. To, to learn how to, build that bridge between, you know, the adults and the students. And I think depending on your personality, you'll respond to that differently. Like my personality is like, I love a challenge. So tell me I can't do something. And I'm going to, I just want to rise to meet the challenge, you know, Um, or at least give my best effort to do so. And, and so if if you're that kind of, that's your personality, then you're going to respond well to that. If you're, not then maybe that's a little more of a struggle for you it may not come as natural um but yeah i think you've got to be the one to go and 
bridge and close that gap. And I think that's a healthy thing. You know, um, I think that's a needed thing. I think, I think it requires some humility that's often not present in youth ministry, youth pastors. It requires some uh, meekness, some gentleness at times. It um, requires just an authentic uh, love for the church outside of the people that you immediately serve. And all of that then kind of comes as an overflow of that as you you kind of tie these two generations and groups of people together. Um, you know, what you just said there about love for the church makes me think that it's also super important that you're cheering on other ministries, you know? Um, yeah. Because if you're cheering on other ministries and you're supporting them, I don't mean you got to be at every single thing, but, but cheering them on. If you happen to be on a staff with, you know, where you've got, you know, a children's pastor and a youth pastor and maybe a preschool, I don't know, multiple pastors though, you know, cheering those people on, you know, being for them can help. Because well, I think even in a, people. even in a situation where maybe there's not multiple staff, but you think of those people who may be critical of teens, there's probably something in the church, some area of ministry in the church that they are passionate about. And if you begin to champion that and encourage that, it's going to be really hard for them to continually criticize yours. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's cool. Yeah, uh, I got one that's more of a pet peeve for me. Yeah, what you got? And this is more of a... I'm kind of, I'm kind of, mostly, we, I'm kind of mostly done. So what you got? You got it. Okay, well, I have two. Yeah. One won't be surprising. Um, the other is just more of an annoyance. Um, don't be rebellious just because like in the sense of, well, they're not going to like the teens. So we're just going to do our thing and, you know, God will be honored in what the teens do. And if they don't get on board, then they don't get on board. And so we're just going to do our thing and burn bridges along the way. And I just think sometimes that mentality can, can feed in somewhere. And certainly that doesn't help. Just, just being rebellious for the sake of being rebellious. We've talked about that before. I just, I just hate it. I think it's destructive and not healthy and not a good, not good for your teens either. Because that's the mentality they're going to carry into adulthood. Though. Yeah, totally. So I don't, I don't like that. Um, the other thing is, you just got to stay put. You know, I mean, it's it really is. This is something that kind of happens over the longer haul of your ministry in your context and you may not win them over in three months or six months or a year or two years. You know, it may be five, six years down the road, but consistency of the things that all these things we've talked about, the consistency of those day after day, week after week, year after year in, in the end, longevity and consistency wins the day on this. Yeah, it really, it really does help. I mean, I, I think, you know, if, if a church is going through, you know, youth ministry leaders just every couple of years, it, it's going to make it hard um, because there's going to be a lack of stability there. Um, so I think, I, man, I agree with you 100%. Obviously, we do the longer haul, so people know what we're about. But when it comes to our commitment to longevity, but it, it just really does help. 
you know, and it gets easier and it does get easier as you get older to build personal relationships with adults. Um, that's all. I mean, I, I can, it's, I'm in a weird spot. Like I'm not crazy. Like anytime I have to go to like an adult thing, it's not my favorite thing. <laughs> um, but ironically when I'm in the room with teenagers and youth workers, I tend to pour a whole lot more of my time now into youth workers because they're pouring yeah. their time into teenagers. Um, and so, um, so, you know, I mean, adults aren't my favorite, but I tend to get along with adults pretty well these days, I guess, you know? Well, that's good. Cause you are one. So, yeah, but I'd rather hang out with people who like teenagers though. Mostly, you know what I'm saying? I don't mean just for real, but yeah. But anyway, it's all good, man. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, good stuff. Hey, uh, is there anything, let me ask this as we kind of wrap up here, because yeah. we have not done this in a while. It's, it's came uh, a lot of, most episodes kind of comes rather organically. Any, any resources that are things that you're reading lately or that, that we could throw out here for, for the listeners? I know we didn't talk about that ahead of time, but uh, yeah, you know, you'll be happy to know that I, I just read the last arrow. You've talked about that book so many times. I, I got it and read it, finished it. I like it. Do you like it? It was great. Yeah, it was great. I, I told you I did. A, hey, I've got one. I told you I did a whole talk on wow. parenting to the last arrow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, That's a good talk. Um, that I did. I've done, I've taught it a couple adult Sunday school. Email me if you want a copy of it, and I'll send it to you. Uh, Chris at the longer hall. Yeah. com. I'm not putting it in the show notes page, so you're gonna have to email me for it. I know. I know. I've given up. Uh, so here's a resource that is actually very relevant to what we're talking about. And this is, uh, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, or I mentioned this when, um, when we were talking to Clay Scroggins about leading yeah. and you're not in charge, but, um, it's a book. It's an older book. It's still around and out there. You can get it readily. I just was in a, it's actually in a bookstore, a real bookstore, um, this week and saw this book. Uh, but it's by Dale Carnegie. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, if you've never read this book, I highly, highly cannot recommend enough that you go and get this book. Um, it is so good and practical. And and when and that's kind of what we're talking about, is winning friends here towards teens and towards your ministry. But even beyond that, just as you serve and you minister and you work around people, um, just really, really good. Grab it on Audible. If you're not a reader, you can listen to it. It's on Audible. Um, you can find them on Amazon. I'll link to both in, in the good. show notes. But have you I ever read not. that book? Have you ever no, read? Do you have it on? Oh, it's so the good, Audible man. version good? Yeah, that's how I. That's originally how yeah. I read it. Um, that's how I read most of stuff. So I've got a. I've got one. Um, I'm actually reading through. I'm about halfway through, but I feel comfortable recommending it for sure. Um, actually, going through this book with our interns. Uh, it's called just do something by Kevin. DeYoung. Yeah. With Kevin, uh, Kevin DeYoung. We did that with our college students. Uh, it's, it is good. so good. Like it is amazing. So if you're looking at a book to read through with maybe a group of seniors, I think I'm about to take my son and some of his buddies through it. They're seniors. It's short. Super too, short. It's really good, good stories. Like it's, well written. Um, it's all oh, about, 
uh, a lip. It's called just do something, a liberating approach to finding God's will. It's fabulous. Fabulous. Um, be amazing if we Kevin DeYoung yeah, on here, awesome. man. That'd be amazing. Um, so I'm sure he listens. Yeah, sure. Kevin, if you're listening, yeah. okay, whatever. Uh, email so, Chris. Chris is a longer call. Um, good times, yeah. But those are, I mean, that's what I'm reading right now, and I'm listening to a couple things um, as well. But I mean, nothing that I'd recommend. I am listening to Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin's autobiography is it autobiography? That if you write it, yeah. Yeah, if he uh, wrote it, he reads yeah. it. I'm listening to it. It's amazing. There's a couple weird parts, but um, I, lo- I love comedy, man. <laughs> I, I love imagine. comedy. So anyway, good times. Well, uh, you can head over to the show notes page, uh, thelongerhall.com slash episode 067 for uh, links to those things um, there. So that's thelongerhall.com slash episode 067. If you have not already done so, head over to uh, YN360 and uh, ym360.com. Check out those guys. Be sure to use the promo code LONGERHALL. You can save yourself 20% there and jump into the Facebook super secret, top secret, uh, longer haul podcast, Facebook group on the Facebook. And, uh, yeah, you can head over there. Tell us, let us know once this episode drops, what you think thoughts are all that stuff. I think that's it, right? You got anything else? Oh man. I hope you have a great week. Uh, so we're recording this on Saturday night. And so you're there all this week, I guess. Uh, doing the doing the mission thing, yeah. so hope it's good. And uh, I guess we will say, you know, we're having a. I almost did this one by, by myself with with our with our schedules being like they are. So you may record next week without me. Um, but we're gonna try yeah. to keep. We're gonna try to stay on task or on track, I should say. And uh, school year's coming. Report uh, to it. So have a great week, man. In Canada, learn some Canadian words. Yeah, buddy. Hey. Hey. I'll bring you back some uh, maple hey. syrup. <laughs> it's good. Maple, the maple syrup is so good. All right. Well, that's it. Head over to the show notes page. Subscribe to the podcast. Check out ym360.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Awesome. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.